0: Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Wednesday Wisdom on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's Wednesday Wisdom guest. But we want to give a shout out to our partners, the Florida Coaches Coalition, We Coach, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. These are four great organizations that you should really add to your network. And now don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes or so. We'll give our sponsors their shout out. These are all companies that I used as an athletic director or as a coach. You should use them too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their support. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for our podcast. It's also your one stop platform for scheduling, student athlete eligibility and clearance, and a lot more. As a high school AD, I used home campus every single day, and it was so easy to work with, and so were the home campus um, staff. They're just fantastic. For more information on how to get signed up for home campus, go to home-campus.com. That's home-campus.com. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. Their mission is to bring your school's legacy to life. Vital Signs Wall of Fame will transform school tributes to make it easier than ever to celebrate your whole community showcasing your school's diverse history, your proudest moments, and your top role models. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast. You'll get a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets, but they're also going to provide you with hands on support every step of the way. You're going to have a dedicated client success manager every step of the way. That's hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to thank Snap Mobile. You need to go to snapraise.com, check out their entire suite of platforms. Snapraise is part of that, but check out all the other features. It's snapraise.com. You won't be disappointed. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to Huddle.com. Change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that allowed them to coach our student-athletes to their very best. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Go to Huddle.com. To get started, we also want to say thank you to Gipper. Go to Gipper.com, see how athletic directors are creating custom content for their school social media channel. You can celebrate your athletes, you can promote your teams because Gipper gives you the power to create sports graphics in seconds on any device. Mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's Gipper.com. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables, and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com right now. Schedule a live web demo and see their score tables and their scoreboards in action. They not only generate income for your department, they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Check them out today. We also want to say thanks to District 1. That's W-O-N.com. And you're going to feel like you've won when you see the great uniform packages they can put together for you. They're custom. They're premium. Uh, there's on-time delivery in 20 business days or less. And they offer one-at-a-time replacements. So you'll never have to order a full set when you only need one or two. Go to district1.com. Again, that's W-O-N. Click on the team gear button and get your free quote. District1.com. Finally, we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect data to help you improve your entire program. Athletic Directors usually only hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe. Athletic Surveys will connect you with the 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking to that frustrated parent or your school board your principal. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a survey allowing you to take the pulse of your parents and your student-athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Wednesday Wisdom on the Educational AD Podcast. We have the return of one of our founding members of the Wednesday Wisdom team, Dr. Patty Robbie Keller, uh, longtime listeners will recognize that name. Dr. Robbie Keller is the program director for the Boston College Sports Administration Program. She's got an incredible background in athletics, as an athlete, uh, as a coach, also as an athletic director, and she's been a part of two, you know, nationally recognized uh, sports administration programs. Now the director at Boston College, uh, Dr. Patty Robbie Keller,
1: welcome back to Wednesday Wisdom. Thanks, Jerry. It's so great to be on here and to visit with your listeners again. Well, uh, I, I you may not believe
0: this, but it's true. I've had people shoot me emails or messages within the podcast platform. You know, hey, when's Patty going to come back? So we're very glad you're back. Um, you and I were talking before uh, we came on today. It's a great, great topic, and I'm so glad that uh, you're going to share. I'm going to be quiet now. What do you have for our listeners this week on Wednesday Wisdom?
1: You know, Jake, when you said, hey, let's come on again and chat. And I was right away, I thought about my daughter, who's 13, who plays on the 15 volleyball team, and about the behavior on the bench that I witnessed this season. And my daughter didn't play a whole lot, but she was one of four girls who spent a lot of time on the bench. And I don't know, it's because our daughter's been around sports her whole life. Both my husband coaches college football, and I've been coaching forever. And data has been at, I can't say how many countless games in her life. She stood the whole time and cheered for her teammates and we were really proud of her. It was really disappointing though, to see the other three girls sit on that bench who just sat there checking out the boys walking by, being on their phone sometimes. And it was really sad because that bench is your, it's, in volleyball, that's your seventh man. In basketball, that's your sixth man. And how the, even the coach sat there like a lump in the log with his arms crossed and it, the culture just trickled down from the coach and he's a young coach. He doesn't quite know what he's doing quite yet, but that's where, you know, I wasn't his boss, but it was really like frustrating to see how they were behaving. And I wanted to talk about that today because I also coach club soccer. And one of the shockers two seasons ago where I turn around and three of my starters who I pulled out were on their phones during a game. And I'm like, what are you doing? And even like this past season, my husband coaches softball, in the dugout, the girls are on the phone. And I'm like, I know they're younger and they don't have the older girls to show them away, but it's like, we literally have to tell kids now, especially the 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds, being on the phone, in the dugout, on the bench, timeouts, halftime, that's not acceptable. You shouldn't see them. Mom and dad shouldn't be texting their kids which we know they're doing right. And kids should be texting back their parents. And that's something too. I think you literally have to state it out loud, maybe even make them sign a contract that they can't do that. But that's something it was a shocker to me. You know, we're in the season that it's going on where I realize now that this is some one of my first conversations I need to start having like my first day of practice right? And when I do my parents' meetings, so the parents also know they shouldn't be texting their kids during a game, right? Or expecting them to text them back, stuff like that. But it's part of the culture of your team. And it's not about me, it's about we. And being on that bench is that you are an par- integral part of that team. The collective unit as a bench is a player. And the energy that they have on that bench can really change the energy on the court, on the field, on the floor, whatever. So it's really important that that bench is engaged. But how do you do that? you know like you see college volleyball teams when every time the server does an ace they have a cheer right there's a clip that i showed you that i know that i've asked you the show is about the mom university basketball team and some of the stuff they do on their bench and sometimes that is the game changer is their behavior on the bench and how that not only engages the people out there on the core on the field but also the people in the stands so that's really important and Working through college athletics, we've always had student-athlete advisory committees and I've always led them. And I've always said to our coaches, don't send me your team captain. Send me that kid on the team that works their tail off, but probably doesn't play. They need a role in the team. And when they're involved with the student-athlete advisory committees or your athletic board or whatever, it gets them feeling important, not because they're scoring the game-winning goal or they're starting and, and being your best defender, because they're doing that off the court. So when they're on the court, They're not sitting over there poor, woe is me. I'm not playing. They're more engaged. They see the bigger role. And that's where you, as a good coach, can get them involved and also get your players involved with keeping stats. When I was coaching soccer, I would grab the girl that didn't start and say, Hey, let's sit next to me, right? Let's watch that player that's starting. What are some things that you see? Let's talk about it. And we all know. There's sometimes our starters, the other team's got their number and we got to pull them out and that's where you got to put that sub person in and have them coached up ready to go and to be there. So how are we engaging that bench so they become part of the team even though they're sitting on the sidelines. It's their role is so important to have a successful culture and successful team and to win games that it's it's teaching them it's not about me, it's about we. And while we're on the bench, you're still part of the team and your actions and how you behave are big reason we win or lose many many times
0: yeah again you and I are of a same mind on this and and even though I'm a lot older than you yeah. uh you know obviously neither one of us you know uh didn't have cell phones when we were on the sidelines and I, I think we know what our coaches would have done if if something like that happened but this has been a discussion uh that I've been having frequently with other uh, guests on the podcast under the guise of well leadership and leadership training you know we I think we all are familiar with the situation you know a kid is a sophomore a junior and then they become a senior and the coach will sometimes say okay you're the captain and that's it and there's been no training there's been no leadership education that that kid they might be a natural leader but I think many times they might be struggling and leadership as you know it's a skill that you know needs to be trained and, and can be improved on. Uh, you mentioned student-athlete leadership programs, you know, captains' councils, things like that. What are some, uh, I guess, activities or uh, ways that you have seen and you have used to help develop leadership in those kids that, you know, they may not be the star, but that's could be their role on the team? Anything come to mind?
1: Sure. I mean, there's, there's times, too. I, I've noticed that you have older and younger girls on the team and the older girls will stick together or they treat the freshmen or the younger girls like they peons they have to do all the work make them do it together right put the older girl with the younger girl at the scores table and let them keep score together right when they're working out in the weight room pair up the freshman with the senior maybe they're not lifting as heavy as each other the freshman needs to get there but that's where they can meet each other get to know each other have a mutual respect for each other because it's you're on a team you are always competing each other for the starting spot but you are all competing together as a team to win games and to win as a unit so when you get to know each other better and mixing the groups up i think that's really important so student athletes and students in general get to know each other building relationships with each other is so important and if you can get your your leadership council to build relationships with the new kids on the team in college, you have transfers. They kind of feel lost sometimes, like getting that going. And then when you know, you know these are your non-starter, there's six kids on the bench. Pick one of those kids as the captain of the bench, right? How are they going to lead that bunch? Maybe they're not leading them out on the field, but they're leading that bench. Are they cheering it on? Are they getting the other kids when they're not paying attention? They re things like that. And then talk about it when you talk about your team meeting the next day, like, Hey, yeah, Mark did great out on the field today. And Janice really held us up as the goalkeeper, but you know, Jimmy, you led our bench today, like give him those accolades. Like that is so important to make sure that you're not only recognizing the kids that play on the field and do all the things but the kids that work hard every day and probably never see the field because by them working hard, they're pushing the other kids to work hard and you need everyone to be better to get better, everyone has to work as hard as they possibly can. And one of the things, Mia Han came to Boston College last year, to talk, and I had my daughter with me. And my daughter is is tall and very athletic for her age group. She's taller than her peers. So she's always been moved up. And the one, one thing she talks about is the fear of judgment. The other kids judge me, mom. I work harder and then I feel bad and all that kind of stuff. And Mia Hamm talked about when she came back from her first round of the U.S. national team they told her she needed to get fitter. So she had basketball season come up. So she's on her middle school, eighth grade, ninth grade basketball team. And she used that opportunity to get fitter. So she was running the sprints, you know, all the sprints, the ladders we make them do. And she was touching the line and going back and forth. And the girl said to her, Mia, you're making us look bad. And Mia's response then was, that's not my problem, right? Cause they weren't touching the line. They weren't working as hard. And it's not, it wasn't Mia's problem that they weren't working as hard. And there's something we tell our daughter. Because you're working hard and they're not and they're ridiculing you or or judging you, that's not your problem, Dana. Right. You, this is about you getting better. And maybe with your determination and your discipline, they will see that and it'll influence them. And that's what you want to happen with your team. Is that not, but we also tell her, bring them along with you, Dana, right? Encourage them to touch the line. And and, you know, yeah, it's not your problem that they're not meeting it, but technically it is a little bit because they are on your team. Right. So get them be like, come on, guys, we all need to touch that line. We all need to do the hundred percent into the drills that we're doing because we're not going to get better as a collective unit if we're all if we're all individuals. Right. So that's something, too, as you build that culture with your team. Yes, you're going to have kids that aren't as good as other players, but what are they good at doing? Look at those strengths, highlight the strengths and work on their weaknesses all together.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, you, you talked about culture, uh, and one of my favorite expressions. I didn't invent this, but you know, I, I heard it about 25 years ago and stole it immediately and used it with my teams and our coaches as an AD. And it goes like this. And there's different versions of it, but everything we see, everything we see at your school, at my school, everything we see, it's either coached or it's allowed. You know, which one is it? you know kids not touching the lines that's either coached or allowed the dead bench uh it's either coached or it's allowed and you mentioned that the the video and, and listeners we're going to put this video at the end of uh, our uh, our interview today it's on youtube but um it's the Monmouth University men's basketball team and uh, you may have seen it before but their bench is probably the most engaged bench in all of college sports. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, it's really, I think it's ed- entertaining, but it's also educational about the importance of culture. That bench, all the way down to the last kid, uh, is engaged. You know, they're part of that team's success. And that can't help but improve and build and affect the outcome of the ball game. Uh, you know, Patty, as you shared that, what are some of your thoughts about that video and that whole concept of having the bench engaged?
1: No, it's, it's funny. Cause you know, softball has the cheers, you know, and I was never a cheerleader, but it's something that they're all cheering in. They're engaged and they're They're that on the softball field. They're that other person that is really like getting that team to go together and be that person to cheer on the team, to make sure that, you know, the pitchers pitch in the sixth inning for softball, the pitchers sometimes pitch the whole games that's giving them that energy. And it's so important. And, and moments is extreme. Believe me, when you see the clip, they're extreme. Some of the stuff they do is almost like the Savannah bananas, but it's getting that bench to, to understand that their role is part of the team's role. And it's also for the coach and for the captains and for the other parts to hold each other accountable. And holding people accountable can be hard because sometimes that involves confrontation. And sometimes it's just easier to let it go, right? We all know that, like, we're not gonna get into it, but we have to do the hard things. We have to hold people accountable. We have to call them out. And like, I've talked before on caring enough to confront, how do you do that, right? Like, if you see that one kid on the bench that's not having a great day, it's sitting there sobbing and moaning, and were they starting Or are they, are they mad because they're not playing? Or sometimes you have to come down to the root cause. Is something going on at home or did they just bomb a test or two? Are they Are they normally the first person cheering? And also is a signal to you, like, maybe I need to check in on that kid. But mm-hmm. that's part of the culture of the team is you're holding that person accountable by talking to them, like, what's going on? I see you're not up and, you know, you're rambunctious self. But And that's where the kid might come in back to you and say, well, this is going on. But I think it's really important that we hold all of us accountable even that coach that's coaching my daughter's club volleyball team, him sitting on the bench with his arms crossed, I I mentioned it to him like, hey, like, hey, buddy, like, that doesn't look great from parents' point of view. Like, it looks like you're ticked up the girls, right? You're just sitting there with your arms crossed, the body language alone, right? Like, it, it's something, like, you need to be up to and, and like, just – even just, if even standing makes a huge difference in sitting sometimes. Right. So all those things make a huge difference, your body language, all that kind of stuff, and just holding your players and yourself accountable for those things. And that's one of the things like you can, I always looked when I was, you know, our teams were on the road, I would watch our bench, right? How's my coach behaving? Cause that was my job as an as athletic director was to monitor how my coach was. Right. And if she's chirping at the ref and all those kinds of things. Well, your, your players are going to chirp at the ref too. And a lot of times there's things that we can't control. You can't control the ref. You can't. So that's, you got to let that go, but you can control how you behave on that bench and you can control some, you know, you can't always control the outcome, but you can influence the outcome by like, we're talking about this topic is getting your team to be part of the greater picture altogether.
0: No, absolutely. You know, coach all the kids. You know, we talk about everybody having a role on the team. You know, there's no small rules. Great, great stuff. Um, I want to give out your contact information because, again, listeners, uh, if you're new to the podcast, you know, uh, Dr. Patty, Robbie Keller, great resource, somebody you should add to your network. Also, pretty good program at Boston College. So, Patty, if, if one of our listeners wants to reach out, pick your brain a little bit more or find out more about the Boston College program, What's the best way they can do that?
1: Sure, and we just added a new executive and sports leadership certificate that leads into a master's degree. So if you don't have a master's degree and you're five to seven years or beyond out, you can go into an executive leadership master's certificate that leads into our master's program. So for many of our ads, maybe they don't have a master's, or they just they want to get more, right? They want to get more education. Sometimes you feel flat, and you just you just need something. So we have that. We also have a student athlete development certificate and we also have a sports analytics certificate. So you can reach me by my emails. The best way it's R A U as an umbrella B as in boy, E as an elephant K E L at bc.edu. That's Robbie Cal at bc.edu. And if you just look up Patty, Robbie Keller on LinkedIn, I I'm on there too. Right.
0: So. Very active on LinkedIn. Great posts sometimes. Um, all right, listeners. Um, we're going to um, do a screen share, and we're going to put the video up uh, that we've been talking about. It's about a minute and a half. Uh, so if you're listening to this on the podcast, okay, you're not going to be able to see anything.
1: But they'll feel no. that energy. You'll they'll feel the it. energy
0: exactly. Uh, and uh, again, this is on YouTube. Uh, it's great stuff. Patty, thanks again for uh, coming back and joining us. I know you were at, you know, working on that program at BC uh, and time was precious and, you know, you're very active with your family. But thanks so much for coming back on. Uh, I'm looking forward to having you on again uh, on Wednesday Wisdom.
1: Oh, thanks so much, Jake.
0: Okay. For our listeners, listeners, uh, we do this every week and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening. Stick around and watch the video if you're on YouTube. And if you're just listening, go to YouTube and watch it. But uh, thanks for listening today on Wednesday Wisdom. All right, again, for listeners, uh, we're going to post that uh, or screen share that video. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, stick around. It's a great little video on uh, engaging your bench. So Here we go. A better job of fighting through. I don't know what that one is. That, that looks like break. Break that down. Look right. Finishing strong at the rim, and putting the icing on the cake for so this mom and team who is going to end up two and one in this tournament. Daryl Davis is in retreat mode. You can't do that because the defense is already loaded up, and you have to pick up a guy like Justin Robinson for the beautiful split, the drive, the dish, and the dunk. <laughs> Just keep the basketballs alive. You see the little in and out, has the tri- hesitation dribble, and then the dead fish right there. Look at yes. yes. the chance. Seaborn again. Yes. Well, Grant, the dribble. He has 14. And Wink, one of the best. This round is back in a lot of ways. I'm not selfish. Look at this group. Do you think that they are confident? to have the run and lose? Offensive. Does it himself. Off balance. Thank you. And that allowed that bench, which is so carefully choreographed, to show their stuff. <laughs> well, they're resuscitating him. They're putting, putting him back to life. <laughs> Jones on the attack. And, a and one. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's the play of the game. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, um, There's the video. Great stuff. Thanks again, Dr. Patty Robbie Keller, for sharing that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on YouTube. We'll see you next time on the Educational AD Podcast. Have a great one.